This episode of the only podcast about movies was recorded a little differently. And actually, probably not that differently than you've grown accustomed to. Shahir, once again, was not in the studio, and therefore, please forgive any anomalies, weirdities, out-of-syncs, or echoes you may hear throughout the recording. And in return for your kindness, I promise to kick him in the shin really hard whenever he decides to come back to the studio. With all that said, enjoy the show. Internet crazy is building your arc after the flood has already come. My name is Matthew Kroll. And my name is Shahir Dowd. Oh God, please don't let them in. Oh God, oh God, please don't let them in. Is your fear <laughs> is palpable. Is that good? Shahir. Should, I, should I be an actor? This is no no no, yeah, of course. Yeah, so and this is the only podcast about the film uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, but with us, because Shahir once again is not in the studio. Oh, I miss you. Apparently. Guy. He hates being around me. Uh, I have brought in uh, actor, comedian, friend, Will Temfer, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Will, thank you so much for yeah. for, for warming Shahir's chair and being here to lend your, your film expertise. No hey, problem. Will. Yeah. Nice to, nice to meet your voice. How sultry oh, it is. Oh, thank you. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now mm. you guys can talk slowly to one oh, another. Yeah. Here in this mic. Uh, I've known Will for a while now. Will, uh, I met through mutual friends, and I've seen a couple shows around in New York City. Uh, from what do you what do you got going on right now, good sir? Yeah. So right now I'm performing uh, within a sketch group called Sorta Best Friends. Nice. We're all yeah, it's just sort of really telling to our group. And also, uh, <laughs> Garlic, Garlic Jackson is one I used to do, and we uh, kind of, yeah, have been performing around the past, God, coming on three years now uh, at uh, the People's Improv Theater in New York, as well as some shows at UCB and uh, around the, you know, the greater New York area. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a bunch of Garlic Jackson stuff. Sure, sure, sure. We, yeah, had a, had a, some uh, viral success with some videos. Um one of our early ones being a Cosby uh, Ooh, <laughs> Blurred Lines mashup that yep. came out before the <laughs> crazy it. news. So yeah. that's due for another. Uh, so you're telling bout. me you're psychic. I sure am. All right. Hey, so, Will, and mm-hmm. if you've listened to the podcast before, you know yeah. uh, that uh, Matt and I kind of sit on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of loving fun and not loving fun. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, where do you, <laughs> wait, you think the battle's great or you think loving, oh, not I, loving fun is great? Oh, wait. Oh, I'm about to put myself within the. <laughs> yeah. Which, which side do you want? I classify myself fool? as a fun don't, lover you know or a non fun lover. You don't lover. have to. You don't have to. No. I mean, uh, to be honest, though, I, I do find myself some see movies I'm like, that's fun. It's a fun, fun, fun movie. But then when I think about it later, I'll start to dissect it and be like, too much fun. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you can you, uh, you you can have too much fun, as 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 I will point out. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll take that. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll roll with that. And just uh, picking up a little housekeeping before we move on. Uh, as always, please drop us an email at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. We've been getting some fun emails recently uh, about our past reviews. Um, also, hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod and on our Facebook page, which uh, Matt says we check very often. I'm not so sure. All the damn time, Shahir. Uh, we want to add one more avenue to that, and that's a site called Litterboxd. Matt, do you use Litterboxd? Do you know about Litterboxd? I- I don't, but it, 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 for some reason, the way you sort of said it reminded me of like Serial's Mailchimp ads. What, what is <laughs> Mail, what is Letterboxd? Mail, litterboxd. 
Um, no. <laughs> I use Lounge. <laughs> uh, Litterboxd is a fantastic social media site uh, specifically for film lovers. Um, so it's designed for you to basically list the films you've watched, and it uses a really you know easy-to-use format. They basically present you with a series of movie posters, and you can just say, I've seen that, I haven't seen that, I have seen that, I haven't oh. seen that. Um, and you basically accumulate your list. Um, and then you can write reviews, share reviews with other people, create top ten lists, uh, follow other reviewers. Um, it's a really cool site, and uh, they are working on some connectivity with Netflix, I believe. So sometimes I think you can, um, you know, see a movie poster that you haven't seen and click it and start watching it on Netflix. If it's available. Um, I mean, I know it's not a movie, but that'd be great for me because I have a lot right. of shit to say about Daredevil. Oh, they do. Yes. They, they do TV shows as well. So, um, yes. yeah. So if you haven't seen that, dear listeners, please check it out. It's fucking magical. Frank Castle is wonderfully cast. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Sorry. Will, have you used have you used Letterboxd? <laughs> I have. I have used Letterboxd. I uh, will admit, too, that I have uh, not used it in a while, so I do not know my username. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I it, it is it is great. It is a great site. It's, it's very well put together. It looks great and I should get back on there really yeah it's one of those I'm going to check it out it's one of those things where you don't use it for a while you kind of forget about it but I was actually reminded by an email from a listener who pointed out their Litterboxd account and then I suddenly was back on and the thing is when I go back on Litterboxd I'll be on there for like an hour or so um, kind of catching up is it like a K-hole of movie reviews a little bit it's fun it's and it's like it's really really well designed a little bit of national pride there was made in New Zealand but it is cool (laughs) okay now I see where this is is all coming from and uh, finally Matt I I uh, caught up on uh, some Whiskey Tango Foxtrot last uh, uh, a few days ago, listening to. Oh, to did you decide? Did you decide to to pay attention to me again? Listen, if I'm not on the show, there's not any reason to listen to it. Um, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, uh, Steve, and Robin did an excellent job. Um, Thank you. And uh, I-, I was particularly proud of Steve's. Uh, not impression, because I made it specific not to do an impression of you, <laughs> but what the words he thought you'd say. Yeah, and do, he, did you agree with that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I actually wrote you an email with some questions, and one of them Steve pretty much picked up on without because. And what happened was, was I got the email to you too late. Um, yeah, we'd already recorded. And you'd already recorded. So, but Steve actually kind of inherently picked up on that, and he he was like, "What would Shahir do in this situation?" The WWSD of movies, mm-hmm. and um and uh, he he picked actually a deeper cut than I would have. He was like, "I'm sure Shahir would recommend Mash over this movie," um, <laughs> and that was a deep. So that was a deeper cut than I would normally pick. I I was going to recommend Three Kings. Do you remember that David uh. Russell movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the that's the movie I referenced because I don't know if everyone knows this. Listening, my lung has collapsed in the past, and when I've tried to describe oh, the yeah, process of, of letting oh. the air out, yeah, I, I try to describe, it, and then I'm like, wait, have you seen Three Kings? Yeah, it's like that, but with actual medical instruments. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. So I, I still, I you know, listening to your review, I kind, I, I'm actually glad I listened to your podcast, uh, your podcast, our podcast. It's your <laughs> podcast too, buddy. Um, Even can- when you abandoned me, your name's still on the letterhead because <laughs> uh, we have letter. Oh my god! I bet you we have business. Shit, you've been gone a while. Um, I I don't think I'll watch Whiskey Tango Foxtrot uh, other than a rental. Would you? Is that kind of like how you would probably describe the movie? I mean, kind of. That's what we said. I think it's fun. I think it has its place. And I, I like I said before, I think it's the one foot out of Liz Lemon's lemons. Yeah. Um. And I think I think it's a good move, and I think it's a step forward. Uh, do I think it's a must see in the theater? Yeah. 
not really. But it would be a fun sort of Saturday afternoon with the missus and the baby. Uh, <laughs> assuming the baby doesn't know what the hell's going on due to uh, yeah, it being a baby. So, <laughs> um, I, the, the last thing I'll point out about that is um, you guys kind of briefly mentioned the director, Glenn Ficarra and John Requa, uh and just passed over that. I am actually really big fans of those two guys because they did um, I Love Philip Morris and Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love was yes. like a surprise like favorite for me. Um, so I... I the the I, I wanted to see it just really for those two guys to see what they would come up with because I think they're um they're kind of swimming in B movie land right now but I feel like they're pretty good directors and with the right material they could they could make something exceptional. Uh, it doesn't well, sound like this was it, but uh, but I'm yeah. Hopeful. But if you mm. like them, I would still say go support them. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Ten Moving Cloverfield on. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Will, if you had to give a non-spoilerly, spoilery, spoilerly sure. breakdown of Either. the film, how would you how would you describe this movie if you in like in a paragraph? Right. Well, uh, and I guess keeping it, you know, non-spoilerly, the script originally was written, you know, not within the universe of Cloverfield. Is so, that right? Yeah, they, the Cloverfield. Uh, it was found, yeah. It was found by, I guess, Bad Robot. And they're like, hey, listen, this is kind of, you know, similar to an idea that we also have <laughs> ever heard of it called Cloverfield. Um, no. So yeah. So a uh, woman is uh, captured and uh, wakes up in a bunker and she is unsure of what is real. What is not is the man who her captor, is he crazy or is there actually something else going on outside? Yeah. He keeps on uh, the woman who's kidnapped is Ramona flowers. Uh, AKA sure is. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Is that right? Yeah. Mary yeah. Yeah. That's right. And uh, the man who captures her is John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm trying to remember the other gentleman. Who John Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah, Emmett. Yes. Is John Gallagher a junior? Yeah, this, yeah. Or, his dad yep. uh, yeah, is the guy who was in American Beauty. I think you've seen. You'll know who his dad is if you see him. Yeah, and he was also in Newsroom. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will had and, told me. Which I and Short really Term remember. 12, which he's awesome in. I that that was the one that I knew him from because that is an amazing yeah movie. it's an incredible film nice yeah. well I love I love something about this even before we get into spoiler town I really like what now well we uh, also in in conjunction with sort of this being not a Cloverfield movie at first and then becoming one the trailer and the ad campaign kind of came out of nowhere and this film just sort of was done and like not talked about a bunch and coming from especially Shahir I think you might appreciate that a lot too because you don't watch trailers right no I don't watch trailers and then I went afterwards and watched the trailer to this film and I was thinking about the way this trailer really makes you want to watch the movie to to know yeah. what's happening you know and I was like that's what a trailer should do because because mm-hmm. most of the, like my problem the reason I don't watch trailers is that I feel like there's a lot of times the trailer will happen. Like, like for example, the Whiskey Tango Foxstar trailer, which I did watch. Um, sure. I, I, th- there's not a lot left in there for me to watch. You know, like, I'm like, well, I don't really need to see this movie because I kind of know what it's going to be. I, I, I for 90% of the time, I would agree with you. There's some stuff in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot that I think is worth seeing that they don't have in the trailer, particularly... Um, uh, Bilbo's character <laughs> and right. their interaction that I really liked. But other than that, you're hundred percent right. Yeah. So, so I really liked, um, uh, and I, and like someone, you know, like, uh, my, my no trailer rule is pretty fluid. Like I will, I will tend to watch like the first teaser if it's like a really short teaser, just because that's all I wanted to see, you know, just like uh, an intro to the movie. And so someone did send me the teen Cloverfield lane teaser and I did see that. And again, I wanted to see the movie. I didn't watch any extended trailers after that. Sure. But that yeah, was, neither did I actually. yeah, but that was enough to make me want to watch the movie. And I'm glad it also felt like it hit 
it hit pretty quick. Like the trailer came out and then the movie was out like a month or something. Yeah. And that's great. I I love that. You know, like I, I, you know, like let's, you know, the next movie we will probably do on this podcast is Batman V Superman. And they were releasing trailers for that a year ago. Um, so that's, you know, like, and that's just crazy. Like, I mean, someone has actually put together, I think 30 minutes of the movie from the trailer. Oh, I did see that floating around YouTube. That's right. So, you, you know what I mean? So, like... Uh, well, good thing it's, like, nine hours long or whatever Zack yeah. Snyder's <laughs> So, the fact that, that that there was only, like, a little bit of content, not much information about this movie floating around, and it was made in mm-hmm. complete secrecy. It's not like, you know, I think all of us probably go to movie blog sites, um, you know, uh, to see what's happening, and there was no information about this movie. No one knew it was on the radar. No one had heard about yeah. it. Nobody knew that there was something in the Cloverfield universe, the Cloververse, floating around. Yeah, well, and that's something, so I like, uh, Will, you had said that I I didn't know that it was like a thing before it was sort of put into this. I like that it's what Cloverfield is doing, and I hope they continue it. Oh, yeah. Being sort of, not sequels, but an anthology sort of of, it feels kind of Twilight Zone-y if the Twilight Zone had like a shared universe sort of deal. So like, if the next Cloverfield movie comes out and it's, something completely different yeah uh i've been thinking about this i was kind of hoping like what if the next step in their marketing because i'm a huge fan of the marketing they're doing for this one as well as the first one remember the first one we got a trailer with no name to it with no name no information of course it just probably spawned a ton of people just like looking it up and googling and stuff but uh but like what if the next movie if any it's just they release a full movie under a fake title (laughs) fake everything you think it's something else entirely you go see it and then you and then, you know, bam, you, Cloverfield. And then you figure out at the end it's Cloverfield related. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. don't. So you, you, you. Basically, what you're saying is you'll never know what's a Cloverfield movie. Batman v Superman oh, yeah. could be in the Cloverfield. Could be a movie. Cloverfield you go movie. See it. Oh my God, it's a Cloverfield. Oh, movie. that'd be great <laughs> if they didn't just do it. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah. So I really like that. I like that sort of that that approach to sequelitis. Sort of the one of the antidotes to sequelitis. I'm not saying it works in every case, but in something mm-hmm. like this, that's kind of mystery based. I think it's a really smart choice. The, fascinating. There's something fascinating. funny about like the the title Cloverfield as well. I feel like J.J. Abrams or whoever you know, like whoever's doing all the writing and marketing here is just are just picking names at random because at one point in the movie, and this is not a spoiler, uh, there's like a close up of a of a letter, and the letterhead shows the name of a company, and then the company is called Bold Futura. And if you go online, there are all these people trying to figure out what Bold Futura means and how it ties into the Cloverfield universe. But Bold Futura is also just a font name, um, so I'm, yeah, right, yeah. I'm pretty sure like Cloverfield was just something sitting on someone's disc, and they were like, "Oh, what are we gonna name this monster movie we're doing?" I know, we'll call it that thing, Cloverfield. And you know, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see like a whole host of things. It's kind of like um, the Kaiser Soze moment in The Usual Suspects. Everything related to the Cloverfield universe is just a like an item on J.J. Abrams' disc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's I can awesome. see that, yeah. which is fine. Although, uh, again, I, I'm not going into Cloverfield itself or even this movie. I wasn't looking for answers. I knew they wouldn't be there. Uh, and I think if if you go into these things sort of looking for the exact why and what's going on, you're kind of missing the point of the movies. Um, but as far as like what's going on as a greater whole. But well, um, well, ju- well, just you know, briefly, did you like Cloverfield? The you know the first movie, the first one, yeah. Yeah, uh, back in the day when Same Night Movie Review, Steve and I were doing um, reviews for it. We That was our most epic long one yet. We have a 20-minute review broken into two parts because it was wow. before you could upload long videos to YouTube. 
Yes, we're that old. Um, where we basically reviewed Cloverfield in the style Cloverfield was shot, and we trashed our two-story Jersey house back in the day. We even dropped a Christmas tree on Steve's... Uh, it, it just happened to be Jewish girlfriend, now wife. Um, so that was, you know, we did a lot of, like, crazy sort of shit. We broke so much stuff, fog machines. Uh, we had a uh, car chase scene and a whole bunch of other shit. So we did. We liked it a lot. Yeah, you wouldn't, you um, wouldn't do that for ultraviolet, like, for example, would no, you? No, no, I just take pills and drink vodka for ultraviolet. Right, right, right. Uh, no, we threw a legitimate party at the house and filmed during the entire That's thing awesome. in the style. Uh, and we had the help of like 15 people. It's a short film yeah, in, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and in terms of Cloverfield, I, you know, like I, I liked it. I felt like the, cause the, you know, this was one of the first like found footage movies as well. Um, I, I felt like the found footage gimmick didn't quite sustain itself across that movie. Like there was a point at which where I got sick of it. Um, and I think the ending kind of lost its, uh, lost the, uh, the wind in its sails for me, uh, because of that. But I, but I did enjoy the kind of mystery building and world building that was done sure. in that, in oh, yeah. that movie. Well, and, uh, you, going back to what you guys were talking oh, about, like secrets within the, other films or something i was one of the people that when i got the dvd for cloverfield i was like looking at message boards finding easter eggs within it and there's you know like they would that movie when that was shot they were calling it slush show on set and yeah. slush show was like the fake slurpy company that one of the characters has on his shirt and they have like easter eggs in the dvd of fake japanese commercials for this company there's just so much going on <laughs> so like i am also one of those people who are interested in this in 10 cloverfield lane if there is also like, they really did that close-up on that letter yeah. on the floor. I'm like, what is it? The second time I saw it, I was looking again. What is this? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, it only took me, like, I only figured out that it was actually a font name later when I was designing yeah. something, like some uh, some logos for a oh, project I'm working on. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah Bold Futura. Of course. Huge fan of Bold <laughs> yeah. Futura. Good font. Yeah. Uh, solid um, font, bro. Yeah. What I don't, what I, what I do, again, I, I have to go back to my, don't look for tons of ant like it's fun to search for things exactly but like, oh, but like don't expect to find anything right Agreed. because i think i think one of the reasons uh going back to sort of lost and other jj abrams things he's kind of done in this vein like you do people get too obsessed with the answers to everything yeah um and i think that can ruin it granted in lost case they actually didn't the writers lie and say they had the whole thing planned out and they actually didn't no like, yeah and thing? i think that's the, that's the problem with lost uh yes. you know not spoilers for lost yes. discussion but i think they kind of lose the ability to explain things in that in that show yeah and i i gotta be honest i'm one of the only people that i, I talk to that likes the lost ending but again i don't need super clear-cut nonsense to enjoy a thing so i don't know that's because you um, love fun and nobody else does I know a lot of people love fun, Shahir. Uh, a lot of people do. You're suspect. I don't believe you. No. Um, but yeah, so let's get into spoiler town. We'll start going through some shit unless anyone go. else has anything. Well, I mean, you know, just generally before we get into spoilers. Uh, I knew we'd have something. Look, this is not a film that I thought I would really enjoy, but I really, really enjoyed this movie. You know, like I hate fun, as everyone knows. And um, this is it's very clear. Even though the marketing was kind of mysterious and because it has Cloverfield in the title, I was really expecting to go back into a Cloverfield movie. And this is not 
it, although there is only one Cloverfield movie right now to compare this to, this is not nothing like that other movie. Um, yeah. And and this is this is this actually has a lot of similarities to uh, another movie reviewed recently, Room. Um, you know, which is that it's a small, intimate chamber piece uh, that also includes a woman from Scott Pilgrim. Yes, yeah. very very similar. There you yeah. go. Um, and I was I'm curious by the ta- the the talent behind this movie as well. So so this is the directorial debut of Dan Trachtenberg. Um, so this is his first film, and he's a short filmmaker. He's also a, uh, <laughs> formerly a podcast host, Matt. So so you and I, uh, you know, we can dream big, and maybe one day we'll be the next Dan Trachtenbergs. Uh, one day we'll grow up. One day we'll grow up. He was the host of the Totally Rad Show, which you can still see episodes on uh, on YouTube. It's a really really cool nice. movie show, and he made a bit of a splash with a short film called Portal: No Escape. Did you did you guys see that? Yes. Yeah yeah. It was so good. I love all things Portal. <laughs> And uh, yes, I remember seeing that. That thing's awesome. Yeah, that thing's really, really, really good. And it basically got him a deal uh, with Bad Robot. And I think he spent years um, trying to develop Why the Last Man. Oh wow! Yeah, he was. Yep, he was that'd gonna, be a tough one. Yeah, he was going to direct that, and and I think that fell apart uh, completely. And uh, as Will mentioned before, this don't worry, a- AMC will pick it up as a show. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, uh, and as Will <laughs> mentioned before, this was a script that was acquired by Bad Robot, uh, which was simply just like a little chamber piece, which J.J. Uh, Abrams, uh, Abrams, and and Drew Goddard, um, who directed Cabin in the Woods. Um, and Daredevil. And, and also directed Daredevil, or wrote, is the showrunner for Daredevil, the show yeah. that you love, yeah, yeah. Um, decided they could kind of fold this movie into the Clover, into the Cloververse, so to speak. Um, which I thought was really interesting. And and just, you know, one the, the other person that, that I think adds a lot to this movie and I, I i don't know if that's just bias on my part because i love this other this person's other movie but uh damien chazelle was one of the the writers who came in to kind of fold this movie into the cloververse now damien chazelle mm-hmm. uh this was actually going to be his directorial uh big feature director uh film he he'd directed one other movie before this um uh, I forget the name of it, but it was uh, it was a jazz movie. Um, I've forgotten the title. But his next movie, which we all might have heard of and seen, was Whiplash. Um, yes. Did you guys yep. did you guys see that? I loved Whiplash. I think Whiplash mm-hmm. is amazing, um, and and a film everyone should see. And 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 I feel like there's a lot, particularly in John Goodman's character. There's a lot of the kind of is he crazy? Is he not crazy? Is he doing the best for me or is he not doing the best for me? Question that comes up, which is similar to what's in Whiplash. Um, right. So I, yeah, I could see that, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the talent behind this film are really smart, smart filmmakers. The other guy is Matt Reeves, who uh, directed the first Cloverfield movie and went on to direct um, Planet of the Apes. Uh, oh, sorry, Return to Planet of the Apes, which I, yeah, which yeah. is another film that I think is excellent. It's a surprisingly superb. Big I have not seen it. Return to Planet of the Apes. I, I will. Have you seen it? Return, Re- return, yeah, yeah, return. Uh, oh, is it no, no? Sorry, it's called Rise, yeah, of, the, it was the, Rise of the Planet Rise. of the Apes. Rise is the most recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I saw. That one was good. That yeah. one had a really interesting uh, dynamic between the two yeah. apes that was really well written. I don't know. It was very Shakespearean. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Rise of the Planet of the yeah. Apes is really like it's, uh, you know, everyone wants to be the Dark Knight, you know, like as, in terms of escalating mm-hmm. their franchise and Rise of the Planet. Do Planets. they really anymore? Well, I hope not. I, I don't think the Marvel Universe wants to go in that direction. But, I, you know, like in terms of how like Rise uh the Dark Knight takes one movie and then opens it up into a huge universe and makes it, you know, 
takes it out of superhero into like uh into kind of Oscar caliber movies. And Rise of the Planet right. of the Apes, I think, kind of is one of the closest I've seen to actually getting there. Um, so so you know, like I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of interesting talent behind this film. There's a lot of smart people behind this movie. And I feel like you can see that on screen because I think in the hands of lesser filmmakers or, you know, if you were just trying to tie something into the Clover Cloverfield universe, this is not the road you would take. But this is a far more interesting and and smart road to take. Yeah, the Agreed. anthology road. Agreed. Yeah, exactly. Um. All right, so, yeah, with that said, uh, spoiler town. Yeah, let's Here get into it. Here we go. And we've arrived. Um yeah, so so uh Ramona Flowers gets hit off the road after leaving her boyfriend uh, in the beginning of the movie and she wakes up in John Goodman's uh basically bunker. Yeah. Alongside his panic room. Uh, his panic room yeah. alongside eventually uh revealed another young man uh named Emmett who we've all talked about these characters before and he tells them John Goodman tells them both that um that the so a chemical attack has happened on the U.S. He hears all these sirens, explosions, etc. So he ran to his bunker. Obviously, um, what was her actual character's name? Michelle? Michelle. Michelle. Michelle thinks he's crazy at first and that she's just kidnapped. But then Emmett says, no, he's been building this bunker. He knows what he's doing. I saw a flash. I ran here the second that this happened. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then it kind of does this seesaw back and forth throughout all of the instances in this bunker, whether or not. Um, something awful has actually happened outside or if uh, if Ramona Flowers has been kidnapped somehow and be really being held, she's being held against her will, but is it for her own good? Yeah. And that's where I thought it was very interesting, especially in the first half of the film. Yeah. Well, how did how, you know, how did you like once we're now that we're in spoiler cherry, how did you respond to right. like the whole thing? Um. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I thought it was it was incredibly interesting just and the whole idea of a, of a you know a, a movie that takes place inside a world but it's not the same one is is so good and, and there's just so much imagery that's just so great in this movie i keep just flashing back to just the shot of mary elizabeth winstead with the uh the chain to the wall trying to get a, a like a reception with her cell phone she's holding her arm up i just yeah. feel like there's it was just told so well and just shot so well and just what's what's real what's not yeah yeah i think i think uh, yeah for me yeah. that that play that psychological play on whether he's crazy or not uh is really interesting and then it kind of like gets into that to me that really interesting thing about stockholm syndrome which is that like of course. you know do you kind of do you start buying into the psychosis of your captors at some point yeah. and 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 you know like and i was like well maybe it's safe you know like and, and the question that keeps occurring is like is Maybe it's safer not to know whether he's tell you know whether he's crazy exactly. or not. You know, like it's Do safer just to truth? like live in this world for until information. On the other side of that, like there is a thing that happens in the in the J.J. Abrams Lost Universe that always really bugged me, which is that which is you have characters who withhold one or two pieces of information. Uh, in order to raise the dramatic stakes, but if they just reveal okay. that piece of information, then then all the tension would be would be sucked out of the film. But what's that piece here? In this piece, it's basically John Goodman really goes out of his way not to provide evidence of the chemical attack. You know, like he basically just says it's happening, and you got to believe me. And I was like, look, the one parameter if you want someone to believe you in this situation is you need to provide like succinct evidence and not be such a fucking creepster about it. And, yeah. and well, a, I mean, I, 
I think his character was one of the it was sort of the prepper stereotype crazy person, which right. again, not all preppers are crazy. That's not what I'm saying. There's yeah. many sane preppers because, <laughs> you know, this whole thing called society is a house of cards. But yeah. um that was sort of his thing. I don't think he um I think it well, let me, I don't let think me, it's the same as the Lost thing, though. Let me just say this real quick. Yeah. Because Lost, I 100% agree. It's literally like if Sawyer's not telling Kate something because he's worried how she'll take it and it's going to fuck the entire group, right? Yeah. This is but, something but if he just told them, they would be able his, to like, move forward him not and telling like, them solve stuff a major, because a it problem. helps him or doesn't help him. He just believes so hard that this is true that whether or not it is true or not, he thinks himself that everyone else is crazy for not believing it. Like, yeah, I saved you, fuckers. Like, th- you're here because of me. And obviously, you know, you find out what kind of person he is by the end. But, but I don't think he ever. There were he didn't have proof of the of the attack that then he was withholding, did he? He showed pigs, dead pigs. Really, that was all the proof he could offer. That's all, and and he was hoping that that would be enough to make them believe that or make her believe. Uh, Emmett didn't eat any. Yeah. Uh, believe it but yeah he did say too he goes everybody is dead she's like my boyfriend will be looking for me your boyfriend's dead everyone's dead he had no proof on that he just had the dead pigs right so she- um but i do know what you mean it, it is a, a writing thing because they established very early on that john goodman's character is crazy but we what the audience is trying to figure out is he crazy evil or is he just crazy old man with the bunker is he crazy good because then you see like oh he's like a father is he or whatever crazy goodman Cra- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is a writing thing when you write a crazy character that does irrational things there the rules are kind of you know like believability of this character there's there's you can sort of make up the rules on that. i think the the way this character was created it allows for that without breaking me out of it whereas i think the lost people going back to that the characters aren't written to be crazy and there's no real reason to keep information That's a good point. Uh, sure other yeah. than dramatic tension like you said Shahir. yeah and but but it, to me the thing is is that like there is imper- like like for his character like w- the main thing that his character wants and this is not a this is not like a a a, a, a big bad thing on the movie I just think it's kind of it's it's one thing that kind of like seems to frustrate me a little bit about the JJ Abrams universe is that is that all he needs to do is not is a not chain her to the wall uh which is you know yeah. demerit points right away b yeah. take her up to the uh to the um Take her up to the actual top of the bunker and show her that there is a outside world where things are going nuts because they, are, you know, as the as, as a big spoiler for the film, you know, the the alien invasion has actually happened. It's not just him kind of like talking it up. So all he needs to do is provide evidence, and he sure. and he and he kind of he kind of goes out of his way not to provide evidence. He goes out of his way just to say it's happening. Trust me, you know, I'm doing the best for you, and this is how you repay me. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with the chain of the. I didn't even think of that. That's a great yeah, point you hear. Like right. him chaining her to the wall in the in the thing in the beginning. Yeah, that that screams captor, not savior. Yeah. So I totally get that. Yeah. But I don't think he had more information. Really, I, I think the information sharing is built in enough in his character where it wasn't it wasn't a deal breaker or even a problem for me. Sure, but sure. Th- you're absolutely right. The fucking chains. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Like what? Yeah, especially especially if you're just trying to convince someone that you're trying to help them. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, this this Maybe chain is the best thing for you. Yeah, yeah don't chain him to the wall. You know. <laughs> yeah, especially when Emmett's just roaming around free, hanging out in the stock room. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Obviously, um, the, later on in the in the in the uh, movie, there there's I, I guess his intentions become a little bit more revealed uh, with the revelation it, you know what, it, of his it, daughter. Yeah. It yeah. Does, 
it does something great because it flip-flops back and forth. Because So you start with this chain nonsense, and then he makes him sit down to dinner and like have like sort of rules of, of the household. Because the bunker itself outside of her room looks like a like a 60s or 70s sort of yeah. household. Yeah. Um, and then and then they're sitting down and she tries to escape. She like steals her keys, keys after he's being creepy and threatening, and he tries to she tries to escape. And as she's trying to escape out the out the front hatch. Uh, someone, a neighbor, I guess, who lives there, like ran up to the door and was banging on the door, and her face was kind of melting off because she yeah. was being attacked. So you, you like, oh fuck, like shit's going on, right? Yeah. So then it flip flops, it flip flops back, and for the next part of the movie, she's kind of convinced. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what was cool about that scene as well, though, in terms of like what, how well the movie flip flops, is part of me started questioning whether maybe John Goodman set that up. Like I, you know, his oh, interesting. Because I was kind of like, oh, you know, like maybe he's a really, really good manipulator. Because I was, I was so like, I was flip flopping so much on whether he's a good or a bad guy. I was like, maybe he set, maybe he has the ability to set that up because the appearance of the, um, of the uh, big uh, barrel of chemicals later on, I was like, maybe he attacked that woman with chemicals, and that's just you know part of his, you know, like she's just dying of a chemical attack that was caused by him. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, like obviously that's nuts, it's, but I was yeah. like, I, the the movie was playing so well on that level that my brain was kind of going in like all possible directions. Yeah, the movie definitely picks at your conspiratorial part of your brain like a hundred percent. Like it, you're you're questioning everything because even once it gets sort of calm after that, they're like living their life down there and like everything's yeah. great. John Goodman shares. Uh, did you bring it up? Will the daughter thing was that you? The, uh, yeah, yeah. The daughter. He's like he's. They're giving him a backstory. They're making him. I'm a nice dad. I'm a I'm a dad. You know, yeah. like I have he a tried daughter. saving his daughter. He shows yeah. a picture of his daughter. That was his daughter's yearbook or some shit. What was it? It was a <laughs> not a yearbook. It was just like a nice glamour shot. You yeah. know, like yeah. studio photo. Maybe yeah, something like that. Yeah, but so you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, and and, and something. Uh, all of the way that I, I will, I think, brought this up too, was sort of like how it's shot. They definitely just is sort of stepping back as to how it was made. They definitely used their budget very smartly. It oh, yeah. all feels great. Like it looks great when you're supposed to feel claustrophobic. You feel yeah. claustrophobic. Even the way it was shot when they're like all sort of family time. Like that felt more regular yeah and then the second shit hits the fan again they go in like a lot more closes and make you feel like really trapped yeah it's i mean um, this is a this is a relatively low budget movie as well this is a five million dollar movie which is like so amazing that's kind of like an indie movie on most parts um yeah and and it, but you know and it's sit in one room and it never feels claustrophobic whereas you know like room you know the the, the brie larson movie that we that yeah. we talked about earlier um i think is probably a slightly smaller budget but but feels a lot cheaper um you know probably intentionally it, you know it's a much more intimate film but like this film sure. doesn't and feel no aliens yeah no aliens spoilers sorry sorry people haven't seen room oh, there's sorry. no aliens it's not a cloverfield movie but <laughs> yeah. um there you know like this film never feels um small it, it feels like a big budget movie even when it's just right. sit in one room which i think and, and just what's cool about that is it's a counterpoint to what cloverfield looked like which is that was meant to feel like a low budget movie even though it was actually a big budget you know special effects movie yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, like really, really smart directing, really smart work here. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, like those, are, you know, like 80 to 90% of this movie really worked for me. And also, I, I don't know about you guys. I saw this in a really good movie theater, uh, a movie theater where they like tweak the sound every day. Um, 
and uh, and the sound design in this movie really kind of like knocked me knocked me over. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was the theater I was in or whether you guys had that same experience as well. I remember. I mean, I saw it in a theater I go to all the time that definitely doesn't do that, yeah. and it still felt very good. It didn't, yeah. uh, especially I, having the last movie I saw at that theater be The Witch, right? Uh, uh, where multiple things ruined that for me, but the uh-huh. but the um, but yeah, no, it sounded great. I thought it sounded very good, and, and it sort of it definitely the the sound mix and the sound design definitely pushed the story forward for me because you, you kind of learn a lot. Like you, you sort of see things coming or hear things coming before they do, and it was kind of it was nice little hints here and there. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. and they balance out the kind of um, the the big alien sounds against the against the kind of intimate low quiet voices really well which is something that mm-hmm. a lot of movies don't get right um yeah. so no i was i was just quite you know struck by the sound design i mean there was a couple of things that did didn't work for me um but i i kind of i think a lot of that has to do with um probably my when i went into innate hatred of joy yeah my general hatred of joy but i also kind of felt okay. like the movies to for me at least started on a little bit of a little bit shaky ground and i wasn't quite like feeling like for example the opening which was just music uh without without dialogue i think that's a cool technique you know like the, I, I love it when like uh, someone like steven soderbergh does that a lot but in this one i kind of felt like uh the music is just playing too big for for the kind of small intimate personal thing that's happening here um and but but again, all that kind of once once we got into the bunker and the actual the dramatic psychological stakes started raising, I, I kind right. of felt like the movie kind of grew into that much much more effortlessly. So it became it actually started working for me, even though I still kind of felt for 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 about sixty percent of the movie, the 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 score really kind of was like a little bit overkill. Um, but towards the end when the movie actually opened up and became bigger, it kind of like worked for me then. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so moving the plot right along, eventually, uh, their air filtration system, I think is the next big thing that happens, gets all fucked up, some gunk or whatever blocks it and they're going to run out of air if someone, the smallest someone, Mm -hmm. uh, the Ramona Flowers someone doesn't crawl through the air vents and get to the air filtration unit up top, which, um... Poor design, John Goodman. I mean, you weren't <laughs> planning on having these people here. Yeah, that would have fucked you. Well, it it, um, it it sort of led to an interesting question because there's a there's a reveal up there. Yes, uh, yep. You know where we find out that that photo that you'd been talking about of his daughter turns out not to be his daughter. Well, bum, he, they bum, didn't find bum. that out up there. It was it was she found bloody earrings or something, right? Yeah, found bloody earrings, and she found uh, etched into the glass help, which was written from the inside, right. Yeah, that was with a big one. Yeah, yeah. So and, and, she, and then they, you know, they figure out that that earring belonged to that photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the then Emmett's like, "That's not his daughter." Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's like, what the fuck? And then everything's all messed up. And that's a girl who went missing. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. It was just sort of, oh boy. So then that leads them to sort of become more iffy around him, uh, and basically uh, try to hatch an escape plan together. I, I think um, I think the 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 important thing there is that also brings Emmett and Michelle like uh, previously Emmett had kind of been like look we're safer down here you need to accept that but uh, at that moment he kind of realizes oh maybe uh, John Goodman's character yeah. is not who he says to be you know he is yeah. and that kind of and that yeah. kind of brings them together to propel them towards the third act so it's it's well, really smart yeah. you know kind of like writing there 
Well, then this sort of brings us to the moments that um, that Will originally wrote me his dissertation My, on via text. Right. Um, so I, this was something that I had didn't really give too much of a thought to, but I thought it was a very interesting take. So they, basically Emmett and Michelle have a moment before they start. Like once they've figured everything out, they kind of have a little heart to heart. Yeah. Right. Uh, why don't you describe moment, that yeah. for us, Will? Yeah. So um Love the movie, like I said, but this is yeah my big this is my big opinion on this. So they have a little heart to heart, give a little bit of a backstory on Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character Michelle about how when she was uh, in a in a you know department store and she saw a girl's arm being tugged by her dad, and it just uh, kind of hit her as uh, being kind of a violent thing, and she wanted to do something, but she says, oh, and she was another backstory on her growing up with her brother, and she kind of like alludes to the fact that maybe there was a little bit of abuse in her life and that her brother was always there to do something, and so she wanted to do that for that girl. But the quote that kind of bugged me was she said, I do what I always do in hard situations like that. I, I freeze up and run away. And and it, she said that, and I thought, because so far, she's never she's demonstrated done pretty that. well. Yeah, she's, she's, she's never, yeah. She's always demonstrated that she is not the person who freezes up. She is the person who actually, like, comes to action exactly so i was like a little bit confused on what they're trying to do with her character because it she she's a strong character which i which we need which we like which we have but they're trying to paint her then as like um you know more of an innocent i don't know what to do i am a victim i am a captor but but she we could also see that she is also a master master manipulator because of the way she knew that if she were to gently career a little yeah. bit right if she she knew that if she flirted a little bit it would rile up uh you know john goodman and she'd be able to take the keys and then you know she hit him over the head with a bottle ran up there and this is the second time too that she you know she uh made her crutch into like a sharp steak a steak so she could get him and like she just seems in the she was trying to say in a fight or flight instance that she'd you know be flighty and like leave which I guess they're like in the beginning, oh, she left her relationship. But like leaving a relationship and escaping a relationship and escaping, you know, a bunker is totally different. Yeah, you yeah, know, completely. Things, Apparently yeah. you and I have had very different relationships, Will. <laughs> right. Oh, hey, oh boy. You, <laughs> you, you know, I, um, I, I completely. Anyways, yeah, thoughts. <laughs> completely 100% agree, uh, Will. Mm. And, and to me, the problem there is that that moment in particular feels to me, like a writer's moment, you know, like it feels like they were trying to write some motive, like they were trying to write character motivation there. And they wrote it um, in, in for both Emmett's character and Michelle's character in that scene, Emmett reveals yep. that he wanted to leave um, uh, that town and go to, go to college. And he never got the on bus the bus. Yep. Um, and, and again, the thing about those two reveals is they don't actually propel the story forward. They just kind of give you back information. For example, the reveal about John Goodman having possibly kidnapped his daughter propels the story forward into the third act. No, kidnapped, it, kidnapped another woman. Uh, kidnapped a, a, a random. Yeah, yeah. Can, and we we don't know yeah. what happened to his daughter, right? We we're not. We don't even sure. know if he has a daughter. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, later. Yeah. So so you know that reveal propels the story forward, whereas this reveal yes. just kind of gives us a little bit of back information. And, and as you point out, rightly will it actually kind of contradicts what we've actually seen of this character, which is what made me feel like basically the reason for that piece of information is to help us, is basically to help the final shot of the movie. Um, you know, where, uh, you know, and this is jumping ahead to the end of the movie, but basically where she decides whether she's going to become a fighter in the war against the aliens, spoiler alert for the end of the movie, or what? or run, you know, away from the fight. Um, exactly, yeah. And it, 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 it just doesn't quite 
land. Although you can see what they were trying to aim for there. It just doesn't quite work as well. Well, I w- what I was thinking, because again, Will, I do have to say that this time you describing it to me, I was like in my text, I probably was like it trying made to less write a sense paragraph. In, my, in the text, which to me, and again, I think that's just the fault of texting. Um, it is. I, I did have to keep repeating myself in the text. I didn't, I'm like, I don't think I'm saying it right. I think I'm saying it right. Because yeah, <laughs> I didn't particularly agree in that situation where I am I'm finding myself agreeing with you more in person. Uh, the I took that moment as she, because you 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 focused on the word freeze, or and I focused, I guess, on the word run away. And what I initially thought was that all she does is run away. Yeah, right. And yeah. she, like, this is her every time. She, I mean, granted, she's been strong the entire time, which, to your point, doesn't quite make sense of her, like, timid, I don't know what to do yeah. sort of story. Yeah. yeah. But all she's been doing is trying to run away. All That's how she got there. That's what she's been doing since she's arrived, et cetera. So that's what I took it as. Uh, but, I, no, I, 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 I'm I, definitely flip-flopped back to your side of the fence. It just sort of felt like, Shahir, what you said, too, it's like a writer's moment. Like, we've so far not really delved into who these people are, yeah, and I think they might have just picked the wrong backstory story. They did, for yeah. Her. They did. I think. I um, think they the, did. <laughs> the thing about Emmett, though, and it's funny because uh, once we'll talk to what happens to Emmett, but he uh, eventually uh, meets an untimely demise, and uh, I think the only reason they get like it's that moment where characters are sharing. So obviously Emmett needs a story, and I think the only reason Emmett's story was that he got a bus ticket for a scholarship but didn't get on it or whatever is so that when uh, 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 Elizabeth. Not Elizabeth, Michelle. Michelle finds his wallet. She finds the bus ticket. It kind of has like more of an emotional pull of his uh, yeah. of his death. It, it also, uh, so I that, mean, his one makes... It was buttering him up. His yeah. one makes slightly more sense as well because it, 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 it kind of describes him as a guy that's never going to leave his town, you know, like is it a little Ooh, bit too fearful to go it. outside. And and that makes sense for like why he stays in the bunker. Yeah. You know, yeah. But but again, it kind of... You know, like like you guys, like we've just said, it kind of feels a little bit like a writer's moment. Yeah, it so does. After this heart to heart, mind you, you know what I like about this movie? They don't hook up. They're, no, yeah, they're I, just friends. I'm glad it, it didn't need a romantic element, and they and they didn't, yeah, yeah, have to push it, and they didn't push it. Yeah. And I and I enjoy that. I like when things aren't shoehorned in, and that's nine times out of ten the most shoehorned well, fucking thing. It really, yeah. Is. And if you if, think if, if Wonder you think Woman it, doesn't hit on Batman like nine times in this movie, I will be so fucking surprised that yeah. Batman v Superman or whatever. <laughs> but also, you know, like that's a you know, like it would be so ridiculous on a realistic terms if they did hook up. Like it would yeah. just be, it would be, like it would make no sense whatsoever. You know, like why would they anyone... got that jukebox in there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. they could have put on some some fucking. I think we're alone now yeah, yeah some erotic, <laughs> like the sweet erotic, version um, yeah. erotic puzzles they could be playing later on exactly yeah <laughs> oh. um, so they had a plan to get out of this bunker and what they do is they manage to convince uh the john goodman character that oh, it, harold right yeah, we should, yeah. we should yeah. get that right harold <laughs> i keep harold. i keep yeah forgetting his in, a, yeah, in harold, a movie harold. of three characters we should learn their names <laughs> but he but he was so good he was so good yeah john goodman, good um they basically convince him that because uh, Michelle was up top um, and near closer to being contaminated near the air filter and stuff, that when she washed off, maybe the shower curtain and the shower itself is contaminated. So he throws out the shower curtain um, and then they use that to start fashioning uh, two different, uh, basically biohazard suits. No, of- and she said she could only actually make just one. Oh, yeah. so was it one? She's yeah. like, yeah, just one. I think the whole plan was, I guess, one of them would go out and find help, and then yeah, but- help the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they do it with like duct tape, and she learns how to make a filter out of like a survivalist book, uh, not a filter, a gas mask, mm-hmm. all stuff that you can actually do. 
Um, you know, it's not 100% effective, I'm sure, using duct tape and a shower curtain, but it's better than fucking nothing. And, and um, yeah, yeah. And the thing that's interesting there is that, like, do you guys think, this is another kind of writer's convention in there, do you think it was important to know that she was a fashion designer in order to know that she could do that? Actually, I have a gripe about this, too, because yes. she says specifically that she wants to be a fashion designer. And mm. and I thought that, like, why can't you just say you are one? Because in the beginning, when you're packing stuff in your apartment, you got designs all over. You got that all over. Mm. And then when she's building this, she's very good at it. But they mm. play it to be like a hobby that like she like may not be good. She wants to do it. She sketches a lot. She sketches clothes, but she's good at it. So mm. I was like thinking, like. If they wanted her to, if they wanted to sell that, like they should have sold it as like she does this for a living. This is her job. She's good at it. That way, when when she's building this, I know that she can actually build it. Right now, they're like, it's a hobby. I might do it. I don't know. Maybe in the future. Yeah, that's a good point. Very they, confused. They actually, it's funny. They for such a strong character, I feel like they fucking stumble back once or twice into like I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Like in a weird way, after they've already set up that this girl a hundred percent knows what to do. Yeah, I and I I just feel. <laughs> like like i don't think you need like the whole she's a fashion designer kind of thing i think you could just you know like if she knows how to sew that's probably enough you know what i mean you know like, i mean go all in or don't do it yeah, really it's they, it's they really went in the middle on on her like, yeah i agree talent yeah. but god she's like a macgyver too this whole time yeah, yeah really, exactly yeah. the words aren't matching the actions boys yeah it i was say it reminds me a lot her character reminds me a lot did you guys see uh your next yeah i did oh yeah i was yeah. saying sharni vincent like she you know she was the the heroine she knew how to kill and we knew that her backstory was she was she grew up on a survivalist with a compound so she knew how to do this and so for this character Michelle her backstory is just just all wrong for her super strong character so I'm yeah I was gonna say like that's how you do like a backstory for a strong character right. like you let us know that this is it maybe they even have to give us any information at all in Michelle and we just have to guess why she's so strong but you know either way yeah so um Shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. I forget how it hits the fan, but uh, how does how does uh, the barrel come out? What happens? John Goodman finds uh, Harold finds somehow the uh, the hazmat suit. That That's right. That's right. Um, and then he brings them into his room with this barrel he had under the sink, which apparently is what kind of acid? Do we remember? Don't remember exactly. Mac MacGuffin acid. Uh. Basically, it was a barrel of lye or some sort of thing that basically dissolves anything, um, dissolves anything that possibly can touch it. So they bring him into the other room and they basically John Goodman's character, Harold, I'm sorry, it's Harold, uh, decides to uh, basically threaten them and be like, what are you doing? What's going on? Et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And then uh, he basically, without warning, after um, after Emmett takes all the responsibility for uh, making the suit, trying to save Michelle, uh, Harold shoots him in the head. Good and, moment. Really good moment. Uh, yeah, it's a great good. moment. Yeah. It's very shocking, yeah. yeah. And uh, then uh, things all tend to go downhill from there. There's a really uh, great little character moment that happens after that, which I kind of loved, which was that uh, after Harold shoots Emmett, um, and he, you know, he goes back to Michelle, like maybe, I, I don't know if it's a day later or, or sometime later, he's suddenly yeah. clean shaven 
And yeah, you know, you know and it was just like a really creepy, like, oh boy, I know what you're thinking right now. You know, he's gotten rid of the other male, um, his other male rival in the in the house. So it's like it's yeah. uh, it's all Harold now, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's, so, it's it's like an, it's it's not mentioned, but you like you know exactly what it means just by him turning up clean shaven. Clean shaven, delivering ice cream. Oh yeah, Ew. so yeah. creepy. It got real creepy real fast. Yeah. Uh, so he melts poor Emmett down, shaves his face, gets ice cream, yeah. and uh, then uh, shit really hits the fan when uh, Michelle starts fighting back and basically kind of tanks the bunker. Yeah. Uh, in a very cool sort of action sequence, um, she knocks over the barrel and things are on fire and burns John Goodman's face and a whole bunch of stuff. I won't go too much into the action because it's really fun to watch and see it unfold. Uh, but she gets out. She gets out. She gets out through the air duct uh, that she she was crawling in before out the that hatch, and she gets outside to freedom. But guys, <laughs> she ain't free. Uh oh, no. And and I freedom again, isn't free. So smart, smart. I was like, oh my god, she's now what's she gonna do? She can't breathe out there. And maybe she shouldn't have burnt the bunker. She should have just killed John Goodman. I was like, my brain was going in all directions. Yeah, and then uh, she sees in the distance across a cornfield. Good old spaceship. <laughs> You're like, what? now here's a, here's a, uh, this is where, you know, like a lot of the criticism of this movie has to do with this, with this ending and basically the way in which this movie ties into the Cloverfield universe. Um, I was, cu- I guess, you know, like this, my experience was, was that I watched the movie. I really enjoyed the way it tied into the Cloverfield universe and, and Same I thought, season. Uh, and I thought it was, you know, like I was quite satisfied by by the ending. But I was like, but if you don't know the Cloverfield universe, you know, would you watch this and go, hey, what the fuck? What are these aliens doing here now? And like, why is the movie I, suddenly becoming E.T.? Or, you know, like I would say yeah. no, because to be honest, the Cloverfield universe, as we've been talking about, is one of the most unclear things. Uh, it's not it doesn't have a sp- like specifics designed to it. It doesn't have like. A whole bunch of like these are the rules yeah. like it would just take you in a whiplash turn being like oh fuck the end of the world is here but it's not the same end of the world we were thinking right right okay but, yeah i could i could see that i i just sort so of- i don't think i don't think it matters because to be honest the the way this does those aliens and that ship they weren't in cloverfield no no, no. yeah i agree uh so it could be any alien, but I mean, I took it because it had the name, like these are other members of the species, like maybe that first Cloverfield say, monster. Well, yeah. I think that there's like three. Yeah, yeah. that Cloverfield monster um, in the first film was probably just like the first wave or, yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and this one had a little puppy dog one, a uh, weird looking thing chasing her down mm-hmm. uh, high, while she hid and all that stuff. And it had and a then, perfect alien moment where it like sucked sucked on the face and you saw like the inside tongue of the, uh, yeah, of the creature, which yeah, I think is cool. Yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, eventually she gets into a car and the big mothership finds her due to all the noise she's making. And, uh, and then Shahir, you, I was reading in your notes you had a you had issue here. Well, I just you know look it it the look uh, one thing I did like was that they set up the bottle. So what happens is she she has the a bottle, bottle yeah. of whiskey at the back at the back of the car that she again you know like not being a girl who always runs away somehow manages to like makeshift into she knew what to do into she knew exactly what to do she did it yeah, very she's, fast. She's obviously made a Molotov cocktail before just as a hobby, um, and and she's also got a great pitching arm, fashion design and demolition. Yeah, and she's got a great pitching arm so that she knows an amazing throw, amazing. 
saw correct. that, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way if yeah. he does it first I know, try. I was like, I, there's no way I would make that throw, you know? Like, <laughs> That's what I was thinking for myself, too. I was like, I, I can't. I'll, it'll, <laughs> no, it's going to go straight to the ground. And Yeah, exactly. It. I'd probably throw it straight up, and it, hit, it would, like, fall back down and comically hit me in the face. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, but she makes this, like, she might, you know, she models this, like, Molotov cocktail, and, like, she's about to be sucked up into the alien, like, octopus-like uh, pincers. Well, the spaceship, I don't know if it's in a spaceship or an actual being that has, like, armor on it. Like, I, yeah. I can't really tell, because it's a spaceship with a mouth, basically, that's pulling with tentacles this car up yeah. towards its mouth. I, 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 there's another alien movie where they talk about how, like, the like a lot of those spaceships are also sort of living organisms, and this right. just seemed like... Like that. It seemed yeah. like a spaceship that, yeah, had, I don't know. Yeah. And so she throws the Molotov cocktail into the spaceship's, like, mother or alien creature's, Maw. you know, mouth. Mm-hmm. And it, like, completely destroys the uh, the spaceship. And it's, like, the, the perfect throw. And now... I, on the one hand, you know, like when you stop to think about what I've just said, it sounds ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. But in in a weird way, there is some kind of like Spielbergian logic to this that makes that work. Uh, Like the scene didn't, the scene actually kind of landed for me and it worked. Uh, It does work. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not. I'm exa- glad you said that. Yeah, and I'm not sure why it works because, like, the next thing that happens is the alien creature like drops the car like a hundred meters out of the sky. Uh, I don't know how many feet that is for you guys. Maybe I don't know whatever that. Conversion. I don't know what a meter is. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that conversion is. And she's still alive. And I'll gets go up ask and- the queen. <laughs> she's still alive and gets up and walks away. And so all of that it just sounds absurd. And the, you know mm-hmm. they do a little fun thing, which is that they set up the whiskey bottle in like the first scene of the movie, and it happens to be in the car later on. Well, uh, it, this is weird for me because he's, uh, you know, they make it so clear opening scene. She takes it. And then when he delivers her box of things, he said he didn't have time to grab it. And yeah. here it is in his car. So like he had taken it from her car, left it in his car. So, so something there too, I was like, well, you know, what, what? was, inter- they what was interesting s- about that was maybe yeah. the, you know, like, I, I think if you think about that moment, what it means is that the alien invasion may not have happened when he kidnapped her. He was just like, which is why he left the bottle in the car oh, in his own car and he was going to go yeah, back I, and get it later. Right. You don't know a story. You don't know what he believes. Also in the beginning too, she stops at a gas station and we see out of focus, a car yeah. near her that she keeps looking at. And we're not sure if it's him or not. And he does admit before all the shit goes down, he admits that he's the one that drove her off the road, but he yeah. says it was because it was frantically trying to get exactly. back to his bunker. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, it's kind of, it's kind of cool like that. And I don't, you know, like the again, this scene kind of works for me. And it does. And you want to know why it works? Because it's fun. Yeah. yeah this, this is the thing. <laughs> maybe I'm, I maybe will, I'm enjoying fun have, in my old age. I uh, maybe think you are. Maybe come to my side. <laughs> um, the or the side of the rest of the movie going world, Shahir. Oh, um, let's debate that later. <laughs> I know uh, that because that's a blatant false statement. Uh, the the thing I like about this moment is this is I think every main character in a film gets to have this sort of in super nerdy term roll a natural 20. And in D&D, that's when you take a 20 sided dice and you try to attempt something and you roll it. And if you get a 20, which is basically a one in 20 chance, your hit does double damage or you do something amazing. I think this is the moment that basically heroes or or main characters in films get what like. I'll let any character who's the main character have some amazing thing happen based on its on chance or skill. She doesn't have like another moment like this. She's not a fucking superhero. She's not doing crazy shit mm-hmm. throughout. Like she's skilled, but not like great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Like that's her. That's her fucking uh, blasting Walbrats moment. That's her <laughs> destroying the Death Star, etc. Right, you know? right. So like, 
I think that's why it works. We've built her as competent throughout the film. Mm-hmm. She's she's won some things and lost some things. And now this is her big heroic moment, which in, in story structure should probably happen near the end of the third act. Of course. And, um, well, the other side of that as well is that the the that end sequence, that end third, which is outside the bunker with the aliens, is actually done really smartly where we don't know the rules of the game just yet. Like, we don't know that that alien has a thing up there, and we don't know. It's kind of like video game logic. You, you sort of you sort of have to play to figure it out. And, and yeah. And be, because the film, and again, that that end sequence is so well executed, like the way we see that little critter coming out of the field, and then it kind of attacks and then runs away. You know, like it's it's played so smartly that mm-hmm. that that you, when you're watching it, you're just kind of responding to these new things as they happen, without really, you know, like it's not like it's not like in the bunker. John Goodman says, I've seen the inside of these aliens' mouths, and they're, you know, like, the only thing <laughs> that would, like, kill them is a Molotov cocktail, and then he she does the yeah. Molotov. It, it's kind of like, everything's just happening, so you're kind of just responding yeah. to it. Yeah. And that's what makes it work as well. Yes, yeah, so kudos to the writing in that regard. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then she gets away, she drives down the highway, she hears a radio signal about, like, if you're, if you're wounded, come here, but if you could help people, go there. And I think this is where it sort of turns, like, she literally stops at a sign yeah, <laughs> uh, towards two different cities, and it was, I thought that was pretty comical. Like yeah. one sign says, a, you know, like what is it, Austin uh, and, and Houston, or no, uh, Louisiana, wasn't it, or New Orleans? Oh, New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, New yeah, yeah. So one on the radio, it's like if you need help, go to New Orleans. But if you can help people and you have skills, go to this thing. And it's basically Looks like inside, once, there's once a sign Houston, that says New Orleans yeah. and Austin or yeah. Houston. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, really, which like, sign uh, on in 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 America points to those two locations? I don't know, and only those two. But, but no, also with that, between. I'm just like, yeah. that was like a, a kind of harking back to like. We're really trying to shoehorn that this girl has gone through a transformation character-wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there uh, it is. And, and again, I don't know if every time a character needs to. Like, sometimes people are just good at stuff. Like... I don't know. And so she picks she picks the road less traveled, gentlemen, and she yeah. drives off to go help I mean, people. yeah, who goes to Houston when you could go to New Orleans? Come on. I, I know. Um, uh, but, but, you know, but yeah. it, it, it's, like you say, it's that writer's thing. But yeah. oddly, it's still, like, you can see what they're going for, and it's not a bad thing that they're going for. Yeah. Like, it's, no, just, it's, just, it's, just, you know. it's just you can see the writing, basically. It doesn't you feel can, like you a, can. yeah, it doesn't feel like a yeah. genuine moment. Um, all right, so final thoughts. Let's, uh, Shahir, give me your final thoughts first, then I'll do mine. We'll give Will the last last dibs. Um, look, I I was very surprised uh, how how smart this film was, and and you know this is kind of um, an intelligent take on a big disaster movie, and it's basically the second time that they've you know the the whole thing with the Cloverfield universe is that they're trying to do different takes on a big disaster movie, um, and I so I, I like. You know, that's what I liked about the first movie, even though I didn't think the first movie really sustained itself. And what I liked about this movie is they went in the complete opposite direction um, and and managed to pull it off. I think Dan Trachtenberg, the director, you know, like is pulls a very impressive um, first movie. And I'm very curious to see what he does next. I think this group of filmmakers, you know, Drew Goddard, Matt Reeves, J.J. Abrams, Dan Trachtenberg, Damien Chazelle um, are all interested in how to play the big blockbuster in an interesting way. Um, and they do that here. So I, you know, this is definite, a definite watch for me. Um, and I would highly recommend it. See it in a good theater, see it with good sound. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely worth it. 
Yeah, I would say all of those things, plus uh, movie marketers, please take note. This is how you should do shit like this. Like, granted, Batman v Superman, it shouldn't have been advertised as early as it did. In fact, the first two trailers really kind of failed and made everyone be like, oh, fuck, they're really worried about this shit. They're throwing this garbage at us. Uh, when their third trailer actually wasn't all that awful. So the, the the point I'm trying to make is if you're if you're a smaller film or if you're even doing something else like market to your strengths and the strength of this movie was being kind of a mystery. So they marketed it very quickly. And I hope that it makes its money back um, or and makes money. Obviously, I, I think that it was just really smart to have uh, 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 something set in an anth- anthology type thing, not a direct sequel shaky cam nonsense, like trying the same sort of story told from a vastly different perspective of the same event. And I think um, I think they do everything in a very smart way, kind of like what you said before, Shear. So I would also suggest that those of you uh, interested in this sort of uh, cinema would go check it out. Will? Yeah, uh, great, great film, great performances. Uh, and like you guys have already mentioned, it's just great, refreshing to see a different take in the same world. So this is essentially like a bottle episode of the Cloverfield um, series, if you will. Uh, definitely some some minor gripes about character yo-yoing in their stories, but uh, in the end, this was fantastic and job well done. Yeah. Hey guys, can I pose you one question before we move off of Cloverfield? If sure, if this wasn't titled Tin Cloverfield Lane, like it was just called Tin Summerfield Lane or something like that, and there was it was not like marketed as from J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot. Do you think the film would do as well? And do you think your response would be as positive? Yes. Uh, like I said before, I don't think it needs to tie into the Cloverfield verse. In fact, it's just that's sort of icing on the cake for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Cabin in the Woods and Cabin in the Woods is one of those movies that takes a fucking hard right turn near the last third of it. And I really enjoy that, especially like that's one that I feel like sticks the landing. Oh, I, this I, one I, I love Cabin in the Woods. I think it's such yeah, a great I movie. Think, I think this one sticks the same landing. It doesn't have to. I probably would have enjoyed it more. Um, earlier I said, what if the third one, they, you know, try to release a movie with a different title, everything, yada, yada. They actually could have done it with this movie. I think the, the original title of the script was something related to like Bunker. I can't remember, but they could have, what if they release it as that? The trailer they had for this movie gave no indication of aliens or whatever, just the Bunker. And then you see the movie, you see aliens, you go, whoa, different aliens. And as she's leaving, she hits the mailbox. You see 10 Cloverfield Lane. You in the audience who know the world, you, I would, I'd freak. I'd be like, that was amazing. That was an amazing way to show a secret that this is in the same universe. I would have enjoyed it more if I found out after the movie that it was in the Cloverfield universe. Yeah, yeah. But I, it I, is I think- a marketing. Uh, you know, would it have done as well? Would people have seen a movie bef- that they thought was just some, I don't know, Marys with Winstead, John Goodman, uh, you know, kidnapping movie? Hard to say. Uh, I mean, I think money-wise, they had to do it this way to surprise people, which still great surprise, do it. But it's like the surprise beforehand or the surprise after. Yeah. Who knows? No, I, yeah. I agree with you, Will. Like, I, I, I mm-hmm. think the way you described it then and finding that reveal would be so such an exciting experience at the movies, yeah. uh, whereas that was taken away from you because because of the way they, you know, like even if you watch the trailer, the way the trailer mm-hmm. titles come up, it just basically goes Cloverfield. Yeah, and you see lane. like the house. Yeah. You see like a you hear yeah. a sound that you assume yeah is like the and then, and then it says Tin Cloverfield Lane. It's exactly. Like, you know, yeah. So it's kind of exactly. it's kind of rad um, the way you know like they're really pushing the Cloverfield button. Yeah. Yeah. 
Push rad. that button. Both mm. good moves. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, guys, this has been the only podcast about 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, Will, thank you so much for yes. coming. Yeah, thanks, uh, Where Will. can people find me. you on the interwebs and in real life? Yeah, definitely check out my website, willtempford.com. Uh, check out on Facebook, Garlic Jackson Comedy, as well as Sorta Best Friends Comedy. And we're also on YouTube. And Will, and Will, how do you spell well. how do you spell Timfer? Because uh, oh yeah, let me help you out here, yeah guys. Uh, Timfer, T E M P F E R. Oh yeah. no, L. I usually get it. I usually get an L in there. I usually Templar. I actually have an entire IMDb credit to Will Templar because so many people do that misspelling, and this is something growing <laughs> up. My dad and grandpa would be like, "We get Templar a lot. We don't know why. You just sometimes have to go with it." And I'm like, Rolls "Okay, off cool." The top. But Templar. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Nice, nice, nice. Yes, check all that out. Mm-hmm. Shahir, what about you, my uh, faraway friend? As always, check me out on my website, shahirdad.com, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Has all my work on there. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter is all connected via there as well. Uh, still working on this robot music video, but it's coming Where's al- the robot music video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's coming along really well, like uh, starting to really take shape right now. And uh, I'm really excited to show it to you guys once it's done. All right. All right. And you can find me at Matthew Kroll. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com. Also Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram and Emperor MSK on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I think is next week the big fucking Zack Snyder day. Yeah, you know, and again, because I haven't watched any of the trailers, and I am a big Batman fan, and I didn't hate Man of Steel, I'm kind of uh, like, I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, cool, there's a Batman v Superman movie coming out. I'll go check that you're out. You're the worst. You know, like, I, I have zero expectations, worst. is what I'm saying. And, oh, I got and, expectations. And uh, uh, and I'm kind of like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll you know. I, it's, I'm, uh, I'm hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Sure. Same. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, but that that being said, we're gonna try to have a couple special guests on if we can uh, rope them in. Otherwise, it'll be me and Shahir just shooting the shit about uh, some superheroes punching each other in the face, which I know you love, Shahir. If 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 we're if it was basically you and me, who's Batman and who's Superman in this scenario? I don't know. I mean, they're both fucking broody bullshitters in this fucking universe, so I don't know. So they both if, me, if, is what you're saying. I guess. I don't know. I guess I'd be Superman if this was actually Superman and not fucking Dark Knight Superman. I don't know. Uh, uh, anyway, as, yeah. As always, guys, yeah. Um, drop us an email at onlymoviepodcast at gmail. If you want to write us in, tell us your thoughts, what you thought about what we thought. We'd love to read your emails out on the air. Um, people have been starting to do that, and we really appreciate those emails. Uh, love discussing um, how you guys felt about movies as well. Hit us up on yeah. Twitter at onlymoviepod and on our Facebook page. Guys, thank you so much. We will see you next week. Bye, Shakir. Bye, Will. Bye. Bye. Bye.